Friday evening. The game this weekend is URC round number three. In URC three, it is the uh, Monster versus the Dragons. The Monster versus the Dragons uh, in Musgrave Park this Saturday. So I'll go through the teams in a minute. Um, it is really important for Monster in this uh, in in this one to get the five points. I wrote in the red eye, which I got done relatively quickly today. Um, that you kind of start these games off typically with like you know well you know monster be expected to get to five points here but you know isn't as simple as that and in this case it is um the dragons are in a a bad place right now um newport but they will be going to cork so maybe that is a little bit better but in in general at the moment they are littered with injuries they have got um a ton of guys called up to the welsh national team for this really weird barbarians fixture which they for some reason scheduled after the world cup it's like you know when you've had a takeaway and you're saying oh do you know what now i like that burger i'll have do you know what but i'm, I'm stuffed i'm gonna ha- keep that i'm gonna put it into the microwave then into the fridge and i'll have that tomorrow morning and then you wake up in the morning and you look at it and you go that's the most disgusting fucking thing i've seen in my entire life that's kind of what this fixture is is there any appetite to see Wales versus the Barbarians this weekend after the World Cup (laughs) like that's a weird one for me but um, the Dragons have lost um, a good number of guys who would have been playing Um, they've got a couple of guys who've been injured as well I went through and I listed them um, in the the, the red eye Leon Brown would be starting Ben Carter would Elliot D would Rio Dyer would Kai Evans Lloyd Fairbrother Dan Lydiot and Aaron Aaron Wainwright they would 100% be starting in this game or coming off the bench depending on what way they wanted to use some of the props or whatever else that straight away makes this a much depleted dragon side but they had a ton of injuries on top of that as well so they've been rightly screwed over <laughs> by this uh, by this really weird um, that isn't even capped match that they're having in, in the in the principality uh wales versus the barbarian so yeah no it's, it's a weird one so for munster it's a very disrupted looking team we're playing um so we have to kind of put them away uh and put them away relatively straightforwardly i think that's the the main thrust of my point here um i suppose we can't talk to dragons really let me just get up here and lie down and um, we can't talk about the dragons without also talking about the game last season which was a disaster for Munster um, that was in round two um, of the URC last season we had lost our opener to Cardiff with a pretty poor performance and I think the idea was well look the test guys have come back in so we really should be you know getting getting the, the, the show back on the road here so to speak um, it 
did not turn out that way and we lost a relatively close game where we had opportunities but when I went back and watched the the highlights of that game um, this week I'm not sadistic enough to watch the whole game back because first of all it's irrelevant but second of all who wants to watch all that again I watched it enough the first time Um, just how poor we were just what a a bad replica of what would ultimately go on to be a trophy winning season and honestly if you told me after that game Munster will win the title this year I'd be like in the multiverse maybe Um, but it didn't seem that way um, that early in the season now as we know obviously things things changed and changed radically but you know as I was writing there in the red eye it would be a little bit below Munster to be saying we owe the Dragons one um, because losing to them um, didn't define the season last year um, although it certainly made the early going of the season pretty fucking miserable to be honest but this season we have to put them away and we have to put them away relatively uh, straightforwardly get our five points get out the door because we have got a nightmare mode um, number of fixtures coming up in the next number of weeks we're away at Ulster we're playing the Stormers then we're playing Leinster then we're playing Glasgow Um we've got a home game this weekend away home away home and away and um, that is the I suppose the motivation outside of you know giving them a receipt for last year that's the motivation to get those five points on the board because if you get if, honestly if we're looking at 12 points after three games I think you're pretty happy with that the next four games are going to be very very difficult we we should still be looking to put um, a bonus point on the Stormers um, we should be looking to get out of the Ulster and, and Leinster away games we should be looking to get I would say five points out of out of, out of those two games as in across the two games I'd be happy enough with five points and then Glasgow at home that's a big one we need four or five points out of that as well and I think that's going to be the game where we're going to really load up for um, after the uh, the World Cup cool down um, so it's a uh, this game in itself I'm imagining would be pretty routine I mean hopefully but at the same time it's got an importance that kind of outweighs what it might seem on the face of it if that makes sense so uh, if you're going to Cork um, enjoy it you're going to a great place Uh, let's have a look at the teams there's me banging my glasses off the microphone so I hope you enjoy that in your headphones let me just have a quick look at the teams which I have over here I'm after moving rooms where I would normally do my work. I'm in a much bigger room now because we weren't, I wasn't the box room, but uh, the little babies after going into the box room now, sleeping on our own. So I'm in the spare room where there's a bed here. So I'm taking full advantage of it by lying down when I'm doing podcasts. Let's have a look at the uh, Dragons team and point out one or two of the interesting things I spotted when I was doing the, the research on this. In the back three, Angus O'Brien, uh, Corey Baldwin and Ashton, Ashton Hewitt um, Angus O'Brien is typically a, a fly half, um, but he is playing at fullback for Dragons at the moment just because they've got so many injuries and guys out. Um, Steph Hughes and Jack Dixon are their midfield, probably an area where they're strongest, I would say, with the, even with the injuries and with the call-ups. That would probably be a first-choice midfield for him. They'll be looking for those guys to, to drag him into this game and, and, and to get something out of it. At halfback, they have Will Reed and Rodri Williams. Uh, Rodri Williams, decent player. Um, Will Reed is, again, fairly short. <laughs> That'll be important later on. Um, but 
you know, I, I think that Sam Davies, when he was with the Dragons, always seemed to get a little bit extra out of him. These guys are more suited to the way the Dragons are playing at the moment, which is off-ball rugby. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a decent backline, I would say, but with a few key weaknesses. They are very short in their back four, we'll say. And by back four, I mean they're two wingers and their fullback and their 10 who guard their, their backfield spaces are a little short. We're going to go after them there, I think. But uh, we will see how that plays out. Up front, they have Rodri Jones, Bloody Robert, Bradley Roberts. Why is that difficult to say? Bradley Roberts. I did it again. Bradley. Uh, former Ulster player. Um, Welsh uh, international now as well. Um, they've got Luke Yandel at tight head in the back five. They have Joe Davies, George Knott, Ryan Woodman, James Benjamin, who is making his first start um, in the back row since 2019. He is a hybrid player. He's played at number eight. He's played at, um, you know, in number seven. He's But for the last three or four years, he's been a hooker almost exclusively. So that'll give you the idea of the amount of injuries and, and unavailable players they have with Tane Basham, the standout guy there in that back row at number eight. On the bench, they have Brody Coughlin, Aki uh, Siuli, Nathan Evans, Barney Langton Cryer, who they've brought up from um, Bucks Super Rugby in Wales. Uh, he's a universities player. Uh, George Young, Dane Blacker, and Ewan Owen, and Ewan Rosser. Um, Rosser was playing for them last week. Rosser sounds like a nickname for Ross Byrne. I think it actually is a nickname for Ross Byrne. Um, he was playing for them last week. Um, on the wing and he's their cover in the back three for this game as well not the quickest guy in the world but um, look they, they have a ton of injuries a ton of guys who were unavailable and they've pitched up so he's up to Munster to put these guys away um, I'll just go through the Munster team and then break down different bits of their play um, that I think where Munster might you know obviously would be expected to win but different bits and pieces where I feel that we'll match up quite well with them um, at the back three, we have Shane Daly, Sean O'Brien and Calvin Nash. You might think Sean O'Brien. Um, why is the former Lion and flanker for Leinster playing on the wing for Munster in this? Isn't he 43 years of age? No, this is a different Sean O'Brien. And it's not that one either. And it's not that one either. This is a new Sean O'Brien. A better Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien version four. He um, was in the Connacht Academy um, two years ago. Well, three, three years ago now. Um... He played against Munster in the Rainbow Cup and he is the kind of the typical Connacht outside back style player in that technically very good, very speedy. He is an outside back um, who plays for Connacht. Um, he's a lot stronger and bigger than what he might seem on the surface though. And he is a guy who typically when he was playing for Exeter, he played mostly in midfield, but he did cover the wing for them on a few occasions as well. And you might be thinking, well, he's mainly kind of signed here as a midfielder. That is true, but he can cover the wing. And to an extent, you know, to play on the wing for Munster these days, it doesn't like there's not much of a difference between what you'd be expecting from a midfielder and a winger. In, in a lot of what we do from a systemic perspective so it'll be interesting to see how he goes he was quiet enough last week um, when I saw like you know against, against Benetton he came off the bench obviously in the last 20 minutes the way that game unfolded there wasn't a massive amount of involvements for him um, but again obviously he's much better than that and I think that it'll be interesting to see how he 
um, links up with the likes of Nankville and with Scannell and with Tony Butler. And I'll get to some of the injury news there in a minute as well. Um, at halfback there or at midfield, we've got Alex Nankville and Rory Scannell. Nankville making his first start at outside centre. We will see how they will break down the different player responsibilities. I would imagine we won't be seeing as many pass involvements as we'll say Antoine Frisch would have. Uh, I've been asking about Antoine Frisch. Supposedly he's not injured in any way. That would mean that if he needed to play in this game, he would. But not injured, I would imagine, either rotated out or they were looking at him. Maybe he was listed as orange on their medical report where he could play if needed. But I don't think he will be. So given how important he is, I'd imagine they're going to try and rest him as much as possible if they can. Um, at halfback, Tony Butler and Craig fucking Casey. Um, is back from the World Cup and um, I would imagine just <laughs> kept writing his name up on the, uh, the, the the whiteboard when they were putting up the, the team sheet here until eventually he was uh, put in. He's a guy who is infectious, his energy is infectious. Um, he is a top quality player and after the just complete lack of rugby he had in the World Cup just gone, um that's a guy who was raring to go I'd say and probably as fit as a fiddle as well Um, so of course start him like why not he will be playing with Tony Butler who's making his senior debut for Munster now um, I know they have different bits and pieces where you're talking about like how guys have gone over the preseason. Um, last season for example I heard that Jack O'Sullivan was absolutely training the house down Um, and then it just never really worked out for Jack O'Sullivan that season this year <laughs> I've heard of Tony Butler straining the house down. Now, I watched a lot of Tony Butler last year for Gary Owen. And, um, like, the thing is, he has been a relatively long-term project for Munster in that he is obviously talented. He's obviously a great athlete. um, Really skilled player as well. In the bits of AIL that I saw with Gary Owen, to be fair, Gary Owen were pretty poor last year and it wasn't Tony Butler's fault in the same way that it wasn't Brian Gleeson's fault who also plays or played with Larry, Gary Owen and that, that, that would still be his club um, but what I saw from Tony Butler was he could be very up and down on and off you know where he couldn't kick snow off for up one week next week he was nailing everything like he was fucking Andre Pollard at the World Cup um, one thing is consistent with him though. One thing is, but young players are inconsistent, even in NIL. You're up and down one week, especially if you're in a, you know, I think as Eddie Jones said, a high decision making position like 10, where a lot rests on your ability to, you know, to link things together and to move the team around the pitch. That takes a lot of learning. And sometimes I think we look at outliers, I mean, the likes of Jack Crowley, for example, and think, well, every young player is going to be like that absolutely not true it's very very difficult to you know move up the levels in this game so this is a massive game for Tony Butler but what I saw of him in preseason and what I saw of him um, at his best for Gary Owen this is an incredibly dangerous player who if he gets any sniff of a break when he's linking between two pods he's gone and he's so elusive explosive he's so ridiculously quick that if you give him that space, if you drop off him for a second, he will go and he has the confidence to go. And like a few bits and pieces with him that I that I noticed was like his, his pass quality could fluctuate a little bit as a 10. Thing is, if his movement and his explosivity is really good, that's almost like you could live with that because we don't need him. This system doesn't need him to be a massive mid-range passer. It needs him to be an explosive breaker. It needs him to be a good short-range passer, which I would say he is. 
you need to have a bit of a box of tricks when it comes to your ability in contact so looking maybe to offload or beat guys in traffic and then your kicking game is going to be important as well not playing long kind of back and forth kicking sequences although that may be required at some stage here but to be, have a bit of variety in your kicking to find guys on the wing to look to try to find different chips over the top of the defence uh, and I think that he has that in his game as well and the thing is he's a confident player and he's a guy who took a bit of a knock I think after the under 20s that he was involved in I think he was in the same class as um, Alex Kandelan when it comes to the under 20s he didn't really get the I suppose the the push or the minutes that he would have wanted at under 20 level and sometimes that can knock players and if you want to go like and look at that uh, under 20 class under Richie Murphy for every Sam Prendergast or we'll say Brian Quinn or Ruan Gleeson or Brian Quinn Ruan Gleeson Friday evening Brian Quinn Brian Gleeson <laughs> Ruan Quinn <laughs> what's it again um, and you look at the those guys they obviously did really well other guys had their confidence take a pretty big knock the likes of Shane McCarthy for example uh, Tony Butler and Munster are at a point where they don't necessarily look at your record at under, under 20 level at the moment as a decider yes or no so whether you should get into the academy or not and with Shane McCarthy I think they've already seen that look there is a player there we didn't see that at under 20 level so if you look at Tony Butler and go well he didn't have a massive pedigree at under 20 level I would say he doesn't have to I would say that that is not a reflection on his ability as a player I think that in Ireland we're a little bit too caught up with what guys are doing at 21-22 and if they're not a top guy at 23 I think some guys get written off Tony Butler is a fellow who has the raw materials obviously he's going to be a bit raw at the same time when it comes to you know the the tactical side of the game and, and bit, bits and pieces like that but from what I saw of him against the Babas from what I saw of him in pre-season and from what I heard from people who were watching him train it clicked with him the few bits and pieces that he kind of were struggling a bit the year before they all kind of came together for him and we'll see how he goes in this game but I think he has the potential in this game to come away with a player to match because there will be space against the Dragons and he's a guy who if he gets that little half a second of space he's gone and playing outside Craig Casey he's going to be getting accurate passes really quick that will put him into space we will see there's there's no better player like for, for a guy like Tony Butler there's no better scrum half for have to have him playing outside than Craig Casey. So we'll see how he goes. If the if the surface holds up, I mean, it, it will, it's 4G, but if the, the conditions are good, he will tear it up. I really believe that. Now, there'll be errors as well, but I think that he'll get the space and the reps in this game to have a right cut off the Dragons. And um, I think he'll pull off one or two really cool moments, I think. In the front row, Kieran Ryan, uh, Dermot Barron, John Ryan. Um, Kieran Ryan gets another start after last week. A uh, bit of injury concern over Josh Witcherly, as there is for Joey Carberry, who's going for a surgery on his wrist. Um, I'm not sure if Munster are going to go for a medical joker or not. I think a lot of it depends on how Tony Butler goes in this game, to be honest, and how they they assess him going in training. Because Jack Crowley's on the bench, obviously. So um, we're looking to try... Uh, uh, I'll speak about Ben Connor in a minute. 
Ben O'Connor. But when you look at, at Jack Crowley on the bench, that, that is a reflection of the fact that we do have injuries. Dylan Hicks is a another year one academy guy, but he's, again, very, very young. So I think it'd be a little bit unfair to throw him in with all the data and all the detail that's, that, 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 that is expected of a 10 in this game. Um, but we might look for a joker if, if it's a case that we think that Tony Butler still needs a bit more time. But we will see how that goes down the road. For Joey Carberry, it is just un- unfortunate because... I think he played really well against the Sharks. I didn't think he played well against Benetton, but we're unsure as to how long he was injured in that game. He, he did play through it, so that shows toughness. We want that. But um, yeah, he just seems to, anytime he gets any bit of momentum at all, it feels that an injury comes along and just fucks him up. And now I remember with his wrist, he did injure his wrist against Ulster when he made that mini comeback a few years ago and then was out for the rest of the season in the aftermath of it. I hope it's not to that severity, um, but yeah I just hope he is able to get back on field sooner rather than later um, and wish him the best of luck um, so yeah as I mentioned there like Josh Richley's out with a, a neck issue which is never good for a prop we don't know the serious of us, the, the seriousness of it to be fair but Kieran Ryan I think did well last week against um, against uh, a pretty good Benetton scrum so this is a great learning experience for him again he's up against Luke Yandel in the scrum I'd imagine he'll fancy himself to have a pop off him but we'll wait and we'll see how it goes um, John Ryan starts at uh, tight head here as well he's been on the bench the last couple of games but again we know all about John Ryan and Stephen Archer uh, people ask him where is Keenan Knox and, and guys like that well Roma Salanoi is injured uh, Keenan Knox is playing for Young Munster this weekend you might ask what does that mean for Young or for Keenan Knox going forward I can't imagine it means a whole lot good to be honest because uh, for him to be a senior prop like this and to be you know led away playing AIL more or less at the same time as this game is going on in Cork not a great sign um, but you know again we'll see we'll see how the season plays out um, Scott Buckley is the hooker on the bench with Mark Donnelly who again I think had one or two mistakes last week in face play but I li- I've liked what I've seen from him from a scrummaging perspective and I, I think that he's got again a real powerful frame in him from a ball carrying perspective so we'll see how he, how he goes here off the bench I imagine both himself and Ryan will get a decent amount of time um, Edmund Adogbo and Thomas O'Hearn in the second row with um, Ruan Quinn and Brian Gleeson on the bench uh, Gavin Coombs starts at number 8 he's the second row cover if there's any issues during the game which we hope there isn't um, in the back row spots we have Jack O'Donoghue and Alex Kendallin. Um now we have Paddy Patterson on the bench Jack Crowley um, and then Ben O'Connor is on the bench here as well for Munster making his debut at 19 now Ben O'Connor is a guy I've heard his name a lot around the place and you might be wondering who is Ben O'Connor why was why do I know the name Ben O'Connor there has been a bit of a tug of war over Ben O'Connor and where his future as an athlete lies for a number of years uh, in the background going on between Cork GA and Munster Rugby um, Ben O'Connor is a just a freak athlete <laughs> that's the only way to put it he's six foot three um, he's going to play upwards around 100 kg. Now, uh, when I've watched him playing for UCC, he's played at fullback and on the wing, almost like an inside winger. Um, he is just a ridiculous athlete. Um, if you watched him playing for Prez the last two seasons, he would have stood out, first of all, because he seemed to be wearing shorts that a first year might wear. But just how athletically mature he looked at that age. Now, the other guys I've seen to look like that at that level were the likes of Alex Kendallin, um and Ruan Quinn 
So when I look at at um, Ben O'Connor, who's obviously a, a back instead of a forward, I think sometimes it's easier for forwards to be that sort of you know athletically developed. If you're going to be guys like that, young, typically they're forwards. With Ben O'Connor, he is just ridiculously athletic. He is quick. He's strong, but he's a natural ball player as well and that he's got he's got a great skill set now you might know him as a a a minor hurling winner so like he's in he won an all-ireland with cork um as a minor he was an incredibly talented hurler as well um he was big physical i remember watching him there a couple of a couple of months ago now where he got red carded for cork in a in a hurling match i think it was a monster under 20 or whatever it was, a, a minor, I'm not sure what it was, it was, it was an underage game against Limerick anyway, but he looked like a big fucking hardy boy at that age um, in in hurling. He looked big, physical, um, and for like a, a back, we'll say, typically, the guys who go into the academy are, are kind of generally fairly, you know, th- there's a lot of development that has to be done with them usually. But Ben O'Connor, like aesthetically, he's already a lot of the way there. Now, obviously, he's got a bit more road to go but um, physically and from a skill set perspective huge boot in him as well he's a goal kicker so he can kick goals from pretty much anywhere um, but just his overall skill set his power his explosiveness he is an incredible talent and if you're going to look for a pitch where he knows inside out which it'd be, be Mosgrave Park and if he gets any sort of space off the bench watch him as well terrorising that dragon's back three in the air he is just a fantastic athlete and I hope he gets maybe 15-20 minutes in this game to show what he can do because if Munster are rolling at that stage then Ben O'Connor is a guy who will get people excited because he is just such a fantastic young prospect in that we we typically there's a guys who, who you hear about coming through who are you know they, they excite you and they excite the people who see them and they talk about them the likes of Alex Kendallin the likes of Ruan Quinn just to name some recent guys then you look at the likes of Ben O'Connor is another guy like there's Gene O'Leary Kareem and James O'Leary who are coming up from PBC as well midfielders you typically hear about about forwards there's a lot of young backs coming through now who are really talented like you heard about Jack Crowley for example playing for Band and Grammar that sort of excitement and buzz to go like geez this guy's a proper player with Ben O'Connor yeah look he is he is raw but the fact that Munster are confident enough to put him on the bench for a game like this when there's any number of guys they could have they could have put in there instead of him just shows how excited they are about what he can possibly do. He is a guy, like from a game sense perspective, is really advanced. As in he picks things up very, very quickly. He has done already in in the preseason, because I've heard guys raving about him. That in itself is exciting. Um, so to see him getting this opportunity for URC minutes. Remember, he only left school in the summer, right? <laughs> to, and like, and and both Cartier were kind of promising the world, and Monster Monster Rugby were trying to get him into the academy really, really early, and they they got him in straight out of school, which itself is rare enough. That'll give you an idea as to how highly rated he was and is, and it's going to be just really exciting to see how he goes in this game because, from a talent perspective, he has it all anything that you could want in a back three player at the moment he has power great hands fantastic boot a goal kicker as well if you need it exciting so with the game overall um kind of where i expect this to break down it's again i think a lot of it relates to the levels of cohesion that the dragons will have which is fairly low i would imagine when we look at this game we're looking at one 
Munster obviously we're in a much better place than what we were um, when we played this team last season but from a game sense perspective we are well advanced from where we were then we are far more more cohesive we have a lot more time together like typically any Irish province who's playing the Dragons would expect to win now I think was it was it two seasons ago Leinster went there and had a tough time over to Newport but at home you expect to beat the Dragons every time put a bonus point on them uh, and then forget the game ever happened that's the aim here and I think looking at how Dragons have approached the last couple of games I think a lot of it is to do with where their strengths are um they don't have the personnel to play an effective on-ball team. They want to play a fairly low-gear counter-transition game, or I would say they'd be comfortably in the off-ball rugby range. Uh, their performance against uh, Cardiff last week, I think, at home, would be worthy of cast, if you saw it. A really low pass per carry average, really low, low number of passes per kick, like they were like they were kicking the ball every two passes against Cardiff that'll just give you an idea as to the kind of game that they wanted to play there which is they want the ball away from them they want that ball downfield but you might think oh look why are they doing that it's like well their talent and their really good players are in their back five um like they've got Aaron Rain- Wainwright they've got uh, Tane Basham these are all guys who are really good over the ball at the breakdown they're really good tacklers as is Dan Lydiot who just is the guy again I would say one of the best tacklers even still even even in the modern game so what would you expect you've got really quick outside backs you know they don't have great half backs the midfield are functional guys you know good players but no more than that They've got a decent front five, like, you know, they're not not massive heavyweights there, but again, look, decent players. You want to get that team winning, what do you do? I don't think you try and play showtime rugby like your Bristol or, you know, Racing or whatever way you want to look at it. Counter transition is probably a good idea. Um, You want to try and maximise the fitness and the... The, the the pace the natural sort of pace that's with the the team which they which they have I think when they are comfortable they'll be playing you know f- fairly low counter transition rugby but like at the moment like their pass per carry average is very low like their ratio over the the, the first two games is maybe one point one one point two which again is fairly conservative a lot of rugby off nine stuff like that so they kick a lot and when they do have the possession they play a lot off nine that's off-ball rugby at the moment and it makes complete sense why they would play that way they've got a ton of guys out injured they've got a ton of guys away with the the Welsh team this weekend so are they going to play a whole lot of phase rugby with these guys I doubt it I mean it's possible but I don't think so they're probably going to kick a lot and with that comes um, them hoping to try and catch Munster on a transition now Munster are a high tempo on-ball team what does that mean it means that we have a lot of passes per kick so against Benetton we had nine passes for every kick now to compare that to, to the Dragons they had uh, two passes for every kick we had nine passes for every kick what does that mean it means that we play more of the ball we pass more we have more passes in, in, in a phase we'll say before you know you hit contact and there's a rook we have maybe one two three passes per phase they have way less we play a lot of rugby off ten they don't um, and we look to try to win, win the opposition kick to us. If you're an off-ball off team like like the Dragons, I expect will be in this game. We're going to get a lot of opportunity to run that ball back at them. Now, what we don't want to do 
is get into extended kicking battles with them. That's where they're pretty good. They're pretty good at getting their guys into position. They have two tens, pretty much, uh, playing at fullback. They will be guarding their backfield. They want to keep the ball in play. So off-ball teams, you might think, want to get the ball off the field. Dragons don't have a whole lot of size, so they don't want to be defending a whole ton of malls. Um, they don't have great structure defense off the set piece either. So they won't kick the ball off the field unless they've no other option. Like they want to keep that ball infield as much as possible. So they'll keep kicking downfield and keep it infield. And they'll just keep doing that over and over again because they are they, like they are pretty fit. So what we have to do in this game is fairly simple, I would say, which is grind them down. When they give us the ball, we run it back into contact we take them apart on the next couple of phases and then see what their structure is like after five, six, seven phases and then look for the line breaks, look for the gaps. Um, there will be there, like there will be gaps over the top of their defence. There will be gaps between their winger and their back pin defender on the first phase of transition or second or third phase. They leave a lot of space there because again, when they're defending around the halfway line or maybe maybe a little bit inside the opposition half, there's a, lot of, there's a big gap between their you know, because they've got 13 men in the primary line and two guys in the backfield. There's a big gap between them because reason why is that if they get a kick from the opposition, they want to get a lot of space there and they want to be able to, again, boot that ball back down the field because they don't want that ball anywhere near them. So for Munster, there's an opportunity to go after him in, in the air. I think with the likes of Calvin Nash, the likes of Sean O'Brien, we can get at them in the air. Shane Daly can certainly attack because again there's a short enough backfield they have there there's the guys there who are 5'10 now I know I'm 5'10 I'm calling this short in a rugby perspective because it is um, there's you know uh, was it Reed? is it Will Reed? he's like 5'9 we can get after these guys in the air and that's there if we want it but we don't want to overuse it either because they quite like the idea of you kicking the ball back to them um, we want to keep a hold of the ball there will be breakdown penalties they're going to go after us there there'll be penalties there for us if you want um, if we're accurate um, with the tempo that we play at which we should be able to play on this pitch I can see them conceding a lot of tries relatively early but we have to be accurate as well our accuracy last week and our, our, our efficiency once we got 22 entries was brutal really poor the Dragons kicked the ball so much that they're actually pretty good at managing their 22 entries because the minute they get a sniff of the ball, bang, it's downfield. And you're always starting your own phases from relatively close to your own 22. I mean, relatively speaking. But we have to be far more accurate than what we were last week. And I think we will be. So there is a bit of a responsibility there on, on Tony Butler in not just, you know, cutting and running. That, that will be a large part of it. Like he can force compressions that way if he wants, but we'll need the forwards to start driving over the gain line for us we have size and power on the field and that's going to be really interesting to see how we utilize that because a dog bow and a hern are starting that's for me are probably most our most exciting young second row pairing i think they complement each other quite well and um, both are really good athletes and um, both are like well uh, a dog bow is really good in the line out as well a hern that's probably his his super strength is the line out so we can use those guys really well and I think our approach will show our confidence in playing this on-ball game because we should get opportunities back from the from the Dragons. I mean, fairly comprehensively, they will kick the ball to us at a high volume. We need to be comfortable using it and comfortable punishing them and being efficient when we get the chance to do so as well. I think that Benetton are a really good team. Dragons, uh, this, this Dragons team 
are weakened at the moment. We need to put them away. I think we have the, the firepower to do it as well. So we'll see how this game goes. I will be doing a TRK live stream after this game as well. Um, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber. Enjoy this game. Enjoy your weekend. And I will talk to you again very, very soon.